You're listening to the Granola and Gasoline Maridol Podcast, providing a healthy dose of adventure therapy for marital irritation. Side effects may include laughter, inspiration, and strengthened relationships. Your hosts are Brian and Mandy Fable, creators of Granola and Gasoline. All right. New day. New day, new podcast. New podcast about the beginnings of Granola and Gasoline. Do you like stories about new beginnings? Sure, we all do. Listen in as we tell you the origin story of granola and gasoline. We've been getting this request from a lot of people. Everybody wants to hear the beginning story. (laughs) Actually, no one has asked. Everybody said, in the beginning, what was there? And we said, in the beginning. There was granola. And gasoline. Mm Mm-mm, just granola. That is true. In the beginning, there was only granola. Copious amounts, mountains (laughs) of granola. Mountains upon mountains of granola with berries. (laughs) It was a lot of granola. When Brian and I met, we were pretty granola people. We both worked for Knowles as wilderness educators and trip leaders. All we did was hike for dollars and not many dollars. Not very many dollars, a lot of hiking (laughs) and climb and ski. We aspired to one day live in a tiny house or yurt. We drove fuel-efficient cars. That was the primary decision-making for which car we would drive. And we slept outside a lot. I think one year I slept outside 250 nights. Yeah, we were, we were granola, granola to the core. But then it all changed. Everything changed for the better. I'd say. What happened? (laughs) Okay. So we've told this story a few times, but if you haven't heard it, what transitioned us from the pure granola to granola and gasoline was I went snowmobiling with my cousin Tyler and my uncle Rocky up on Togety Pass and sort of a funny series of events that led to me going. It ended up being an epic storm. They had an extra snowmobile and I fell hard. And that's when the gasoline started. And then, of course, you guys have heard this in the other stories, so we won't go into it too in depth But I got into it too. And then so, boom, we were granola and gasoline and we do everything together but here's the thing when at first the first winter we rode snowmobiles i think that the all the people in all parts of our life didn't really know if it was going to stick so they they talked about us like we were crazy or they talked to us or they talked around us everybody was talking the whole town was yibba yabbing i don't know if the whole town was they were jib jabbing i think our climber friends just thought it was going to be like a phase or a fad But our snowmobile friends, I think they also didn't necessarily think we were tough enough to stick around. Basically, everyone doubted us, and we had to prove them wrong, and we sure have. I think that's true. I think they they did doubt if we would stick to it. But then something cool started happening towards the end of that season. I think when people, both sides, the snowmobile folks and the granola folks, realized that we weren't going to change soon like that was this was our new configuration and then they started having questions for us do you remember some of those questions some of the original questions were like 
whoa, did you guys buy snowmobiles? And we're like, duh. But then they want to know, like, what's it like? What are snowmobile people like? What's their face like under their helmet? And they're like, what do you guys do when you go snowmobiling? What do you wear? How do you keep your food dry? How do you keep your pants dry, your (laughs) panties dry? Nobody asked about our panties. Well, They did ask, like, is it cold or is it loud? Like, just what's it like? And on the other side... The snowmobilers were curious about what our granola pursuits were like. They were like, do you sleep on portal edges, on rock faces? Do you, do you... Like, isn't it hard to rock climb or to mountain bike that far? They were like, do you really wear padded shorts? (laughs) You're really on a panties theme here. In your undercarriage? (laughs) We had some friends ask us, you know, there's kind of an age-old access issue of skiers versus snowmobilers. And so some of our snowmobile friends were like, skiers get the whole wilderness. Why are they trying to have other areas they want to be non-motorized that aren't wilderness? So we would explain, well, the wilderness is like eight miles from the road. So that's a long way to ski if you're just trying to get to the wilderness. They were like, well, maybe they could just buy a snowmobile. And we would just say, they don't want to buy a snowmobile. That's the whole thing. And so there was a lot of that. Both sides putting themselves in the shoes of the opposition and trying to justify what they were doing was right. And so then they had lots of questions for us and I think saw us as like a trusted resource that would give them an honest answer. And what began as being a trusted resource grew into an empire, a dynasty <laughs> company called Granola and Gasoline. don't have an empire. <laughs> I think I think I did some post or something or came up with the phrase granola and gasoline and Brian thought it was really funny and he came up with the idea to start the company. And, you know, in the early days, it was tough. It was like staying up all night, living off of Domino's, working, you know, in tight quarters with Mandy and I in a small office, you know, all the stuff you hear about traditional Silicon Valley startups. Only for us, it was just going on snowmobile trips and not (laughs) eating Domino's that much. Yeah, basically, we just started taking more video. Brian already had a lot of video editing skills. So at first, he started by editing some videos. And then Mandy got into it and boom, you know, I think that first year we made 50 videos. Maybe like Maybe five videos. I can't remember. (laughs) Quite a few. We did sort of like jump in and start making a lot of videos and then Instagram. And at first we just had to like convince our friends to join along. It wasn't too shortly after that we discovered the phenomenon that we now refer to as the crossover athlete. Yeah. Crossover athlete are people that are both granolas and gasoliners. And we thought, man, we found our product market fit. These are going to be the people that buy our merchandise. That was what we thought. And it's true. Some We found some of those people. Like People would send us a message and say, I have a dirt bike and I teach yoga. Or I drive a Subaru and I go snowmobiling. Oh, our favorite was our friends who have a Subaru with a sticker that says snowmobiling is not a crime. Or some of the other favorites are in the parking lot when we see people and they have like a sport utility vehicle or sedan pulling a snowmobile trailer. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. And then occasionally we see some people that have like big off-roading rigs that are going like camping in, you know, like that's what they drive to the trailhead to go hike into the wilderness. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we found a lot of these crossover folks, but then we also started to find that there's other people who are curious about these other activities who maybe have never tried them or don't know anything about rock climbing or mountain biking, but they're just curious and they like people who are passionate about anything. What are the kind of questions they ask us? Mm, That would be like explaining the rope system. Like, remember when we took Skinner Bell rock climbing and he had all these questions about like, well, how strong is the rope? What's it made out of? Yeah. Is it going to hold me? Will it snap in two? Where do I spit my dip spit? (laughs) Lots of questions from Skinner Bell. And then, like this last summer, I took Todd Williams, you know, snowmobiler, dirt biker, professional photographer for lots of motor industries. I took him climbing in the Wind River Mountains, and it was just like a totally new world for him. But what's cool is people who are used to doing rad things in beautiful places and pushing their bodies, they just have a higher tolerance for like doing that in a new sport. So it's cool. It actually, there's a lot of translation, even if someone's never done that activity before. And so where that takes us to is pretty much we have all types of people. And the people that we thought it was going to be that really liked and appreciated granola and gasoline has expanded. It's not just the crossover athletes. It's the granolas and the gasoliners and the rednecks and the hippies. It's all of them. And the consummate snowmobiler suddenly has an interest in buying the shirt. I would just want my friends to be friends with my friends. That's a shirt you can buy on our website. You should go do it right now. Merchandise plug. Go to the website. Purchase thousands of dollars of things. Of memories, purchase thousands of dollars of beautiful commodities, and then tell all of your friends about our brand so that they may join in the laughter and love that is granola and gasoline. Yeah, I think it really is about, it's just kind of funny, we didn't mean to do this, but the ampersand or the and sign between granola and gasoline, that really is what it's about. It's about Granola is great and gasoline's great. If you want to do one, that's great. If you want to do both, that's great. And, and, and. If you guys have enjoyed this episode, go ahead, smash all those things and also listen to part two of this episode where we talk about the greater applicability of granola and gasoline. Bye-bye. <laughs> Coming soon to a podcast near you. Bye-bye. 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 Hi, guys. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the Granola and Gasoline Meridol podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and hop over to our website for more dynamite content at granolaandgasoline.com.